Hey everybody, welcome back to the speaking podcast. Bill is on vacation. Jessica had a baby, so it's just me. Please don't turn the radio off or your iPod off. Look, I just said radio and iPod, Mary. Like that is very old manny of me. Your iPhone, your whatever gadget you're listening to, uh, because I got a great guest. I got actor slash writer slash producer slash director. Is there any threat that you're not Mary O'Neill? Mary O'Neill's here with us, everybody. I'm bad at math. <laughs> well, that's a quadruple threat at least, right? <laughs> so uh, Mary, if you don't know, was in the the movie that premiered uh, on August 7th. Uh, she was, uh, I always forget the names of all the characters. You're, there's Abby and there's a Hannah in there. <laughs> which, which one are you, Mary? I play Ella. Ella, can I just tell you something? I've written many, many scripts. Uh, not all of them got produced, but there have been times midway through the script the main character's name changes because one day to the next, I forget what the main character's name is. So uh, I, I, my writing partner would look at it and go, who's Jack all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, that was John. I yeah, know I messed up, sorry. But Mary played Ella. And not only that, uh, she gave a lot of notes, added a lot of great stuff to the script all along, uh, because you know I'm a I'm a I don't know if you can tell, Mary. I'm a middle-aged white man. I don't know if you can tell. I, I couldn't. I didn't want to assume. Yeah, no, nobody does. But uh, I, you know, one of the things that uh, you try to do is write what you know, and I, you know, the, I only know women what they show to me. And I don't want to assume. So there was some stuff that you were like, no, 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 Jay. Jay no. Women don't say that. <laughs> they don't do that. They don't talk about uh, penises the entire time. No. <laughs> They're not in the room. So you took all that out. The 400 pages of that you took out. But no, Mary did a wonderful job. a long job. movie about wieners. <laughs> yeah, there's a, tons of wiener discussion. Uh, did a wonderful job making the script better and acting uh, in, in the movie in a wonderful way. So you're joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Mary, so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm delighted to be here. Can I tell you that you took the character that I always uh, I gave I, so far we've had Eric and Rib, Eric Tara Erickson and Rib and I gave them both compliments. Uh, I'm going to give you an overall compliment on your character, which was you found an inner warmth that wasn't necessarily on the page, and you took the arc of your character. There's so much subtle stuff that you did in the relationship opening with uh, Tara's character. And I, I know you guys are friendly offset, so it, it might've been a little bit easier because of that, but that in no way undercuts the work you did bringing that out. And it was just wonderful to watch. I wanted to say wow. you did great work. Thank you, thank you so much. That really means a lot. Yeah, t I mean, obviously having that many great scene partners always makes everything easier. Sure. And good writing and all of the good direction, all the stuff we had going for us. but. Um, and also Tara Erickson is my best friend of like 20 years. So that makes it a little bit easier as well. Well, you know, throughout the course and you've seen, you saw every draft of this thing as it was sort of massaged into place and the opening up of your character, because you, you know, you were supposed to be kind of, you know, an ice queen type character that opens up over time. It, we kept adjusting where that would take place. What you, know, we didn't want it to be too early. We wanted it to be too late. 
And I think sort of organically through your acting, not so much the words, you managed to find the exact right moment in every scene to sort of make it a believable arc and not just do it because the plot called for it. So that was, I think, I think it's because you're a writer. You kind of knew, you know, like, all right, it's not yet, Jay. It's got to be here. Yeah. You can kind of, yeah, like sense that out of, of, all right, well, if I, if I'm too harsh here, it's not going to play right. And the edit isn't going to work. Right. Um, or, you know, if I'm, if I'm too mean, then, so it was, it was a, a little bit of massaging and, and because Tara and I are such good friends, we did a lot of work beforehand. Right. Um, well, you kind of have to at this budget level though, right? You have yeah, to get yeah, which done. I hopefully made Buzz's life easier and we were just like, we just want to be off book. We almost <laughs> rehearse it kind of like a play together. So, right. Well, you know, it's one of those things like because the movie has already premiered and I'm sure you were doing the same thing I was, which was monitoring Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. So I don't know what was being said there. I just have all my eggs in the Twitter basket. And you, you almost like I'm sort of immune to criticism at this point because, you know, the people on Twitter are, you know, there's a lot of evil floating around on Twitter. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, it's usually such a nice place, but I have yeah. found a lot of enemies there. Uh, but one of the things that drives me nuts is like when people will complain about like, uh, uh, you know, production values or, you know, it's like you you people have no idea how little a quarter of a million dollars is, is in the movie world, you know? The fact that it looks like it does, you guys were magicians to make it look that good, you know? It, it's, it's just very frustrating. I wish there was a macro I could hit that like, you know, gives you a virtual reality tour of what the budgeting of something like this looks like. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I feel like it looked like a million dollar movie. It did. It looked way more than expensive than it was. Yeah, you would have no idea it was two hundred and fifty. But I, that always bugs me too. When when a people have, I don't know. I don't comment on somebody's surgery skills. I don't, <laughs> you know, like I don't yeah. know anything about that. Like, oh, that guy did a terrible open heart surgery. Right. So I mean, it's it's obviously an easier medium medium to comment on. But like, I'm always like, yeah, you don't know. You try it. You right. do. What? You know, I, I was telling my wife, I don't mind when somebody has an opinion. Like if you go like, I watched a movie and you know what? It really wasn't my cup of tea. Everybody's allowed to say that. Mm -hmm. But when you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know, man. Feel like there, I think somebody was like, there should be storm shutters. Why don't they have storm shutters up? It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, well, because we have a set and we can't put storm shutters on and we don't have months to set this all up. So, Which I feel like at some point with something we all discussed of like, well, can we do that? Can we right. can we put wood up? Like, can right. we? Can't? And it was just like, no, this isn't our house. No, we didn't build that set. We rented it and, you know, we couldn't leave it in a worse shape than it was. So, uh, so let me ask you something because uh, we, you know, without getting, you know, without revealing too much, uh, I, I got the chance to read one of your scripts and I was so mad because I don't like reading other people's work that's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's you, like, damn it, why is this so good? Right, you read it and you, you kind of go like, well, I write these, so let me take a look here. And you want to be superior to it. I couldn't, it was a wonderful piece of writing. Uh, I really you. loved uh, your script. And we're talking about, we're gonna hopefully do some stuff, you know, together. And uh, what, what I wanted to ask you is, you know, I have acted in some of the movies that I've written, but it's not my passion. 
the passion for me is like you it's like to me it's like raising a kid like i don't want to be there for the whole life i just want to be there till they're like nine and then send them off and never see them again so for me it's the script i want to get the script done send it off i like collaboration i like someone like buzz was a vision to come in and look at the work and then it, it changes you take a look at it you act and everything i like that not so much interested in being there for all of that mm-hmm. what's your passion where are you at in this industry, if, if I could say you could do one thing forever, what would be the thing you chose? It would be acting for sure. Acting first. Um, yeah, I love writing and I love, I same, I love collaborating. I love fostering other writers. I love looking at people's work and giving notes and, right. and how can we make this better? Or how do we figure this out on a budget level? Or, um, But I, I'm loath to say I would never write again if it meant I could just act forever. I don't think I'm, I'm quite there. There right. might have been a time because I started writing as a vehicle for myself. Um, just to get but, your work done so that you could act in it, right? Was that the yeah. idea? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, which is nobody to everyone always the advice to actors is always like, oh, well, just start writing for yourself. And it's like, well, that it's hard to sell screenplay too. Right. None of this is easy. None of this is, yeah. There's, and you know, I, because I, I perform stand up. That's my day job. Depending on how much money I make, I'm either a stand up that writes or a writer that does stand up. It depends on, uh, you know, what the finances are from year to year. I think this year I'm a writer who does stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll mention the, the Lifetime uh, movies or the Hallmark movies on stage. And I always get people coming up to me going, Like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. What's your advice? And the advice is always don't do it. Because if you do, like you have to, if you're asking me what the advice is, you're already not going to do it. Because the only answer is you got to do it until someone lets you do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, a, it's like Fight Club. Did you ever see Fight Club? Oh, yeah. Remember when they did the Space Monkeys and they make you wait outside for three days before you're allowed in and they just come and yell at how terrible you are. That's Hollywood, right? You have to stand outside for three days while people tell you that you're terrible until you're allowed in and you can start doing some stuff. That is literally the most accurate analogy. You right, yeah. To, it's, it's I mean, because it is. It's just like, hey, you're garbage forever right. until you're not. And then yeah. even then, then everyone else thinks you're garbage. Like the- right. The gatekeeper see you're garbage, and then now Twitter thinks you're garbage. Yeah, someone is always thinking you're garbage. And I, I, I've i always said that the people who really make it, make it, like get crazy famous, I always think that the reason why their career sometimes takes a dip, like I'm thinking like Cuba Gooding Jr. or like Holly Berry or, um, uh, you know, Channing Tatum there for a while. He didn't win an Oscar, but he got real big. And I think it's because you're so used to hearing no. Like the second the door is open and you can get a yes for anything that pops into your head, you take everything. I always think that about, cause I get, I get pretty pissed. And maybe this is a controversial statement, but I get pretty pissed when big actors take commercials. Right. It's that's, that's working. I'm a working class actor. That's You're our, that's, for me. Yeah. Like that's my year. Yeah. Um, and my health insurance and, and I don't need Kristen Bell selling enterprise uh, <laughs> sure yeah but i have to imagine like you said for some of them that it's they struggled for so long that it's like oh uh, someone's gonna give me a commercial like right. i understand that like scramble of like oh gotta take it right yeah well, cool, it's, cool how long i don't know how long this is gonna last I'm, i i should take everything and just bank all of that money well maybe not a lot of them don't but uh 
Yeah. So is it's interesting because in stand up, like the the meat and potatoes, you know, you do the clubs and you do the colleges and you do corporates, and you're hoping for a break that lets you do more of that in a bigger way. So for an actor. Commercials are the meat and potato roles. That's how you actually function as an actor. A lot of times, yeah, that's like the the big thing that uh, I'm kind of like you. Like, am I a writer, actor, or actor, writer? It depends on the money shakedown right. that year. Depends on the year. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, for the majority of actors, like booking a national commercial that's that's actually SAG is like that's that's their year that can pay with the residuals can. Uh, support you for the year and wait hold, hold on one second I'm, uh, that's my kids Annabelle uh, no. come meet uh, Ella from the movie this is my daughter you can see she's wearing her Harry Potter I love your shirt thank you this is my other daughter Penrose hi Penrose this is Penny and smell beautiful names oh thank you they name themselves Penrose <laughs> no my name is Penrose Penrose that's right uh, you said Penny. Well, it's it, Penny short for Penrose. Okay, now go be quiet. I'm doing my interview. Bye, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, just so you know, those are actors I hired. Uh, my own kids are very unattractive. So I just, <laughs> the podcast, I like people to think I'm good looking, you know, and my kids yeah. are good looking too. So. Um, so I've always wondered about that because, uh, you know, I know that like a campaign can pay a lot of money, like, mm -hmm. you know, six figures kind of stuff. Like, is is that true? Like if you get like a Super Bowl commercial, are you looking at like amazing amounts of money? So it it's kind of harried now. It used to be, yes. It used to be like Super Bowl, you might get a bump. Um, uh, you would make roughly 50 to 70 grand on wow. one just regular national commercial and That's then that amazing. would also the union would then you qual you have to make a lot of money to qualify qualify um yeah. for sag health insurance so that would then qualify you for the year for sag health, health insurance and and all of that so it really is for like working class actor kind of a a pretty big deal and they're it's incredibly hard it's very hard to book national commercials right unfortunately the competition must be insane it is it's i read somewhere that it's like 30,000 people can be submitted for one commercial role. Wow. So even wow. to just be called in for the audition is like, you should feel lucky that, that you're there. Right. Um, but they, the problem now is over 75% of big brand commercials are non-union. Really? Which means you get, uh, could be like, I've done non-union commercial. It was a $500 buyout. How can they do that? What? How does that work? Is that? I mean, I guess you, anybody can be non-union, but it feels like the SAG would be on the case of all these brands to get them. You know. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a lot of union actors still do it, but like because work is work. But right. um, I mean, the brand is allowed to go non-union. I think I think it's part of the problem is that they're saving their money to get a big celebrity because well, that's, oh, that's a different contract. That's a spokesperson contract. Gotcha. I could be wrong. I don't know. I have a lot of conspiracy theories about it, but. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're in the entertainment industry because you don't get a lot of feedback if you don't get it, mm -hmm. right? So it's not like, you know, you get the call and they go, let me give you the 45 reasons why we went with this other person. All you get is the no, even if that. Sometimes it's just silence. So your brain starts to go like, wait a second. I think I know what's going on here. And the next thing you know, you're like, you got the board up and you have string running from name to name. Yeah, you know? it's all, yeah, it's yeah you're circling and he goes, that's right. Gap killed Kennedy. 
That's what happened. It was the yeah. gap. I, 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 I'm like, oh, it was my hair this time. It's definitely got to be my hair. I guess I need to change my hair again. <laughs> like, I have constant that thought process. You know what? I've, I've, uh, I've always said redheads. I see more redheads in commercials than I do in regular life. So I mm -hmm. think sometimes redheads just stand out just because they, you know, like they don't, you know, they're different looking than other people. So you see somebody with red hair, you're like, oh, that's interesting. I've noticed that. I've been watching. I'm like, hmm, there's like, it's like 12% redheads in commercial, but only like 2% in real life. In real life. Something's going on yeah. here. Uh, so, you know, the, the dream, I guess, would be what? To like book like a huge movie and become like a movie idol? I mean, yeah, like big lofty dreams right. for sure. Like that, I want, give me an Oscar. Sure, I want yeah, a big, yeah. For some cool period piece. Yeah. Home for Pyram. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. Um, Great movie. But at this point, I, I'd i be happy to just be, just fully pay my bills with it. Right. Break into, into um not just not that I'm disparaging Lifetime movies, but uh, no. theatrical release films, and that that would be the, my goal. Even more, I think over TV, unless it was something really cool on HBO or something right. where I didn't have to get naked every three minutes. Yeah, that's and I, is that like is that a thing that goes out there? Is there a lot of calls for like nudity kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Hollywood is a terrible place, but I thought maybe post Me Too, there'd be less like you need to show your boobs to be in this. Nah, no, there's wow. there's still out. There's actually a huge one going on right now, and it's set in the 1920s, and they are sc scrambling really hard. The breakdown keep going out, being like, "Please, we'll give you an extra five hundred dollars because they need topless background. Who wants to do background work and then have to be naked?" Wow, wow, I couldn't. You know, it's. It, it's one of those things where like you, you sort of have like a um, sort of a vague idea of like, well, I guess it's kind of hard to be a woman in Hollywood. Like you kind of like have that thought in your head and then you see like actual real life examples of it. And you're like, oh my God, that is just brutal. You stand in the background with your boobs out for eight hours. Like, sure, here's and $500. They probably, I'm not sure how it would work with background, but I know if you, if you are called in for a role with nudity, a lot of times before you get the job, you, I mean, it, it's it's above the board. It's normally just with the casting director, yeah. but like you might have to show, like, yeah, this is what my belt looks like. Oh boy, oh. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> I'm just I I'm laughing because I'm thinking about how quickly I would be laughed out of any of those. Like, if I had to even just show more than just my elbow, they'd be like, oh, you know what? You're physically making us sick. You're going to have to leave now. Uh, let's move on to like nicer topics. I don't want to put you into like a, a negative headspace there. Uh, what is the thing of all the stuff that you've worked because you you have a long CV here of a lot of different stuff that you've done. What's the thing that because you, are you you're not from Hollywood? I would imagine or I keep uh, saying Hollywood, but L.A. I grew up in Chicago. Chicago suburbs. So yeah. What is the thing that the people back home? got most excited for? Because you, you call them up and you go like, hey, guess what, I just booked blank. And they have no idea about the industry, so they're like, wow, that's huge. Maybe it isn't so huge in your life, but they're excited about it. Um, I think people are most excited about this one. I got a lot about Psycho Storm Chaser. I got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of like, I had a friend from like junior high hit me up on Instagram <laughs> and he was like, I I'm gonna watch your movie. And I told my wife I knew you and she didn't believe me. Wow, that's And I was awesome. like, I love that. 
That is like the best kind of story. It really is. I was like, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. And you know, you don't realize that, you know, even if this kind of shanked, it's it's over a million people watch. You know, like uh-huh. that like their average for like a new movie is somewhere between one and two million. And, you know, you're used to, you know, thinking about things in terms of huge, like the Olympics, 140 million people watching. But 2 million people are a lot of people. That's a fairly big percentage of the humans in the United States. Well, and when you think some movies as well who have theatrical releases don't get that much viewership. Absolutely. So, like, it's, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I I normally tend to belittle myself and like belittle and I'm like, that's not that big a deal. My sister was like, I don't know anybody else who's been on TV. Like, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's you, you, as a performer, you're used to doing that because it's first off, we had just talked about it. You get so beaten down. You just start to, you know, say, you know, "Eh, whatever, if it's fine, if it happens, it happens, whatever. But it is cool. You know, like I, I always say to to my friends in, in this business when we start to get down on it, our regular stories are most people's best stories. You know, like the, the there's somebody once who got on TV because they gave an interview to the local news and they've told that story at barbecues for 30 years. Like, and they build it up into bigger and like, you know, Diane, she kind of looked me in the eye and said, that was a good interview. They like that's your life and that's yeah. kind of cool right yeah i i i do i for it's it's hard to keep it in perspective but it does feel better when you do yeah it's you know because your dreams are usually sort of a little bit more distant than your reality but your reality is really awesome is what i'm saying mary you're a very talented human doing thank amazing you. things thank you it's it, when you're also you know i think i think to kind of take the gamble to to actually want to make a living doing something in the arts mm-hmm. you have to be very single-minded and you have to be super ambitious and when you are that way like once you hit the milestone that you have in your head that you want right. then the goalpost moves again oh yeah no so you know it's it's this constant like oh okay well i did that but who cares now i have to do this next right. thing and that will be the thing that will make me feel accomplished yeah. I've, I've gone through a lot of therapy to realize that the accomplishment isn't there, it's here, but it's still really hard to do, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. tough. And I, I've talked about this because I have, fr- like, you know, I, we call them civilians, it's like the dumbest thing that we do, but I have civilian friends um, who, like, I had one friend who had a business and his business was flagging a little bit and I was I was on the radio all the time so locally so I knew the radio guys and I was like hey I'll set you up on the radio you can come in and like we'll make a segment out of your business you call in and and talk about your business and then you're getting a plug so I called my friend on the radio and he was like yeah that sounds like a good idea yeah have him call me Uh, never called never called and I was so mad and then I went to my therapist because I'm insane I was talking to my therapist about it and he was like, Jay, you do realize that everybody in your circle, like they're the 0.1% of the people dumb enough to follow through on all of the dreams that they had, right? 99.9% of people don't do that. So like you wouldn't, like to you getting an opportunity like that, you would never not take it. You would be on the radio the next day. It was scary for him. Like he, you know, like, what was he going to do? He's never done that before. And it's like that mindset. And when you're surrounded by a whole group of people, like all of your friends are those people. 
Like your world becomes like, well, if I'm not winning, I must be losing. The rest of the world doesn't act like that. So you, it's hard. To- it is. It's a weird perspective. I When I first moved to L.A. and I would, you know, go back home for a visit and see, run into, I don't know, somebody from high school at a bar or something. Right. And they'd say, oh, oh, it's so cool you live in Cali. And I'd be like, yeah, nobody calls it Cali, but okay. <laughs> uh, I wish I could do that. And in my mind, I was like, you don't need to be invited. Just, just do it. Just do it. I just did it. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, no. I'm like, ah, that's weird to me. But but it's like you're saying, that is 100% true. Yeah. It's, most people are just like, no, I mean, I just was idly thinking about it. And we don't have that. It's like every thought <laughs> yeah. needs to be manifest immediately. <laughs> And uh, it's it's silly, but we do it, you know. And by the way, I just realized that my lamp is so bright, I look like a ghost that's interviewing you. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm not dead. And uh, by the way, people who hate me on the podcast, uh, you, it's going to be a while. We're fighting on this. Um, I want to say, I feel like I'm keeping you. Uh, and I've talked a lot. I apologize. That I've no, spoken. no, not at all. Um, what's next? What's the ne- Other than our project, which I can't wait to collaborate on. Uh, what's next for you, Mary? That and then um, a Christmas script um, and uh, more short films. We're always making short films. Right. Tara, Tara and I are making one in two weeks. And then um, I'm trying to think with uh, Ivan Jurovic, the uh, mm-hmm. hot cop. Um, yeah, hot cop. Got a lot of people talking about the hot cop. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we're always collaborating, always trying to stay creative. And then auditioning just that's the majority of of the job i i had some cool ones one for uh westworld and oh wow. ones i had to sign ndas on so um fing- fingers crossed you'll yeah. see me on one of those soon well i would love for you to get that and I, I hope that if you do you will still have time to come back and talk to us and oh of course always mary where can people find you if they're looking for you if there's big time casting directors that are listening to this podcast where should they go? Where do you want to plug? Um, I am at Mary O'Neill on Instagram, mostly on there, but I'm on Twitter a little bit too. And that's also at Mary O'Neill. Right. And I, I believe your bio says uh, Twitter is stupid, which yep. sums up Twitter very well. It is a mm-hmm. place. Uh, I'm Jay Black is funny on Twitter, by the way. So find me there uh, if you're you're not there. And Mary, thank you so much for coming on. You were so excellent in the movie. You're such a talented writer. I can't wait to see what happens in your career. And I hope that I am a pleasant footnote. See you <laughs> thank later, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>